As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 54 of Pixel Feet Radio, and I'm here with Ed and Natasha Tatton. <laughs> How you guys doing? How are you? Hi, Very Christian. Good. good to see you too. I'm excited to have you guys here. I'm, uh, I, but first thing I'm going to tell you is that that bread looks amazing. <laughs> and for those of you that are listening, uh, Ed and, and Natasha, they own uh, a bakery and a brand that's, um, that's uh, what do you call it? It's organic. Uh, you guys are animal activist uh you guys um you know are vegan so let's talk a lot about a little bit uh your backgrounds and how you guys started the brand and how it came all together i know you were a, a fine cuisine chef and you were a teacher so i mean i can understand the 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 fine the chef side of things but the teacher side of things is like how did that happen so let's talk about how did it get how did it all get started um so I grew up in foster care in Southeast London back in England originally. And when I was a teenager, my main goal was just to get to university because less than 1% of care leavers actually go on to university. And the statistics are that you go on to end up in prison or become homeless or something really awful happens to you. And I was determined not to be statistic. When I sort of heard these stories or Um, statistics in different places I thought no that's not my path I'm not going to do that and so I got to university and I uh, chose the subject that I enjoyed the most at the time and that was English because I felt I could express myself the best and I could read lots of books and escape to different places and learn about history and culture and all these things that I didn't really have access to growing up in foster care and then when I got to university um, I got a job working as a cocktail waitress in a in a cocktail bar working as a waitress in a cocktail bar and I met Ed and somebody wrote a song about that <laughs> so I've had a lot of hospitality jobs on the side for a, a long time my first hospitality job was when I was 17 working as a ward waitress in a private hospital serving drinks and then as a as a student at university I was working in bars the cocktail place where I met Ed and then um, I went on to have a career as an English teacher 
and then did things like catering events and things like that. So hospitality was just something to supplement my studies and my teaching career because it doesn't always pay that well. Um, I did work at the UK's best vegetarian restaurant back in 2008 for a couple of years. Um, and I, as I said, I did some catering. So I had a little bit of kitchen experience in front of house. I ran a kitchen here in Worcester at the kids' ski school, cooking for 800 ski instructors and kids. And while I was working there, I started reading all the labels of the food that we would buy in and cook. And it was really, really bad. And I couldn't believe that we were feeding this to kids and young people who were ski instructing. And eventually I, I sort of started learning a lot more about health and nutrition and very slowly transitioned to being vegan. But it wasn't like a black and white night and day thing where I said, tomorrow I'm going to be a vegan. Um, I just cut out dairy, first of all, and started eating plant-based options and eventually ended up working as a raw vegan chef in a juice bar cafe. And I had this dream of um, sort of opening a vegan cafe. And then Ed had his own path, his own journey he went on, and he can tell you more about his side. And But eventually we, we decided to put our dreams together and open a a bakery. That's really cool. Well, first of all, move a little bit to your left, I guess, because you're getting cut off right here. I don't want people watching this on YouTube and half of your face is cut off. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Uh, no, that's great. Um, I didn't want to cut you off, so that's why I didn't say anything earlier. But that's really cool. Actually, one of my uh, one of my first jobs growing up, because my dad, no matter what, he always made me get a job right away when I was a kid. He's like, you need to learn, you know, the, the how money's made, right? You need to learn how to be responsible. And one of my first jobs was dishwasher at my friend's restaurant. And my first day was Mother's Day. I must have quit five times that day. <laughs> and I'm still traumatized by it. I'm like, I don't do dishes. <laughs> I don't want to do dishes. Uh, it was tough, man. And then uh, same thing. I, I In college, I did uh, bartend for a, a bit there. And that was fun. Uh, hospitality, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to work there when you're young and all that good stuff. And but it's it's hard work. It's not it's not easy at all, man. It's not easy at all. And it's, I have so much respect for everybody in the hospitality, uh, you know, industry, you know, with chefs and the whole staff and all that stuff because, you know, uh, they truly care about the guests and about you know what they do, right? Um, so, all right. So that that makes sense why you got into it. Uh, I'm uh, in the how you became uh, vegan. So what about you, Ed? So like you, um, Christian, I, I started very young. Um, I had a paper round when I was about 12 and I was terrible at that. It was a free newspaper. So I just didn't really <laughs> care about it. And my dad was like, after a few months, he's like, right, that's it. Like, you like food. I'm going to take you to this, this like a little seafood restaurant near, near our house uh, in the UK. And he was like, right, you just go, I'll go in there, ask if they've got a job. You can wash dishes. You know, at least you'll be in a kitchen. So really young, 13 years old, went in there, got a job. Um, it was a lot of sort of like gutting fish and, um, you know, washing a lot of dishes. It was really, really busy. Um, and then serving seafood at this little window. But it was a real eye opener. And I sort of instantly fell in love with the sort of bars and this busy sort of atmosphere. Um, and you came home and you were tired and, you know, your muscles ached. But it was from there, really, that I've, I've never looked back. I've always cool. worked in kitchens. Even that, you know, kitchen was, everything was made in-house. I've never worked for a big chain. It's always been small businesses. 
fine dining um, kitchens. And uh, we've always made everything in-house, like I said. So um, about 12 years ago, I started making sourdough in this little bistro. Um, me and the head chef just learned together, basically. We wanted to make make fresh bread, organic sourdough. Um, and my passion just grew and grew. And then when we moved to, to Whistler, the restaurant I worked at as sous chef, um, we were buying in baguettes from a hotel. And I sort of said to the head chef, you know, if we, I've got experience in making sourdough, we could make this in-house. We could make it organic. And also what I liked is we could, you know, make how much we, we needed. If we only needed six loaves of bread because it was required today, we could do that. We could control the stock a lot better. Um, and then, yeah, moving with the sort of the vegan side, um, it was an easy transition. We always ate mostly vegetarian at home anyway. Um, Natasha has never really been a big sort of meat or fish eater anyway. So yeah. I love all foods. At that point, I was always been quite open-minded, saw it as a new challenge. Um, classically trained at college for three years, French style, um, obviously using a lot of like dairy and animal products. So for me, it was just like I was in my late 20s, um, a new sort of chapter of my life and a new challenge. And, um, and liked, the, liked that fact that it was like, okay, how can I recreate these same textures and flavors, but just using plants and whole plants? Like not, we weren't sort of like, you know, using processed meats and things like that, like fake meats. Um, and then as the sourdough interest grew, started making bread for friends. Um, and the business just organically grew from there, really, like cook, but baking for 30 friends. Um, friends of friends started a small Facebook business. It started in a, a yoga studio, actually. Ed used to make a loaf of bread for our yoga teacher, and then all the yogis would smell it. They'd go for the whole fresh bread, and and then they said, "Oh, you know, like, can we buy this? Like, when when can we get this?" And that was what gave Ed the idea of maybe I could rent the kitchen like once a week, and maybe I'll be able to sell thirty loaves. Maybe I won't, but I'll try it and. Yeah, he sold 30 loaves and, and he just kept growing, didn't it? That's awesome. I remember walking to the yoga studio one day and I'm like, okay, so we, we'll start this Facebook page. It won't cost us anything. Um, you know, we can rent the kitchen. I was like, what should we call it? And I'm sure it was Tasha who was just be like, well, your name is like Ed, so we could call it bread. Like, yeah, like Ed's bread, it. like that well, kind of works. The, the funny thing is like Ed has a, a, like he really doesn't like names like Luigi's Pasta, where it's like a name. <laughs> Listen, I'm Italian and I still don't like those names. Like I just yeah, had my first kid. No offense to anyone out there, but it no, can, it's okay. not always, but it can sound a little bit like cheap. Oh, yeah. yeah. With a fine dining background, you don't really get like <laughs> fine dining restaurants with that kind of name. But the problem was because it had started so organically, people just called it Ed's Bread. And we sat and we brainstormed any other name we could think of. At one point, we were going to call it Baked, but then we thought people might think everything had happened. <laughs> you were high. We are in British Columbia where it's legal, but we were That's like, awesome. <laughs> so we didn't want to give the wrong impression. So we kind of kept thinking about different names. And then we just came back to Ed's bread, but he didn't want Ed. So we said, why don't we just spell bread like Ed? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. BRED, and that'll be the difference. And, um, we sort of tested it. We started doing like stamps on bags and, and then we sort of said to people, we're thinking about changing the name. And they said, really? I, ca- I kind of like the name. Yeah, I like it. I like the aesthetic. I like the logo. I like the look. It matches everything you guys are doing. It looks really good. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, no, no. I really like it a lot. Branding's on point. Branding's on point. There's no doubt about it. So we were very lucky about that. Actually, we don't often talk about it, but our graphic designer, uh, Jeff, He's based out of Toronto, mm-hmm. and he's been with us since the beginning. He was introduced to us um, through a guy I worked with. At that time, he was living in Australia. And because of the internet, um, we've just been able to like go back and forth and speak to him like we are now about ideas, send him sketches. Um, and it's, it's been awesome because we've been able to like use him from day one right up until now with you know, making T-shirts and all sort of merchandise as well. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, the what I like about it, it's not your typical generic logo. That for a while there, like a few years ago, it looked like everyone had the same logo, just different letters. I don't know what happened there, but it was like a trend going on, and uh, I really like the way it looks. But talking about the the smell, there's nothing like the smell of bread. First of all, <laughs> again, I'm half Italian, man. Bread and pasta all day long. Uh, so if I smell fresh bread, I'm, I'm buying it. Um, there's a bakery down the road for me and, and, oh my God, every time I walk by it, it's just amazing. Uh, but I didn't, this is what kind of threw me off though. So I can understand, uh, going vegan. Like I have a couple of friends who went full vegan. One was a slow transition. Uh, her name's Shannon. She's one of my really good friends, but she was slow transition. She was just like slowly, you know, became vegan and then she loves to cook, so she's always making stuff. And I tasted a bunch of the stuff that she makes, and it's it's delicious. Uh, and then I have another friend. He just woke up one day and it's like, I'm gonna be vegan, and just like went to the supermarket, threw all meat away, and yeah. But he did it for like three years. Like he did it for like three years, and then one day he woke up, eh, I'm done. I'm gonna start eating steak again. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> like how do you do that, man? I don't get it. I don't get how people do that because generally, once you start going vegan you um you meet other vegan people and you like as ed said it's a really exciting culinary journey because you start learning about ingredients like aquafaba which is bean water um and you wouldn't think it but it has a lot of different properties that you can use in baking making meringues and all kinds of things or using nuts soaking them overnight and then blending them into creams and all sorts of things you can do like that and it actually becomes quite interesting and then you start 
when you realize you can do it with one nut, you say, well, how about if I try doing it with like another nut or a seed or, and you just kind of keep learning and experimenting. Mm -hmm. So the food aspect's very interesting. There's a lot of innovation going on um, all the time with vegan foods. There's a lot of investment as well. Like a huge billionaires have put tons of money. Even the Canadian government's invested billions into plant-based meat. Um, so there's a lot going on in that food space. It's it's definitely the future as we start to run out of land and water resources for animal agriculture. The the resources required for plant-based foods are, uh, are fewer. So there's going to be more food potentially available for more people, which is awesome. That's definitely a solution to one of the problems that we have. Um, so it's kind of interesting when people revert back. And I wonder if it's because they didn't find their community. They didn't Perhaps maybe they got stagnant with what they were eating. Maybe they live in a place where they can't get hold of as many options as we're fortunate to have up here in BC. I mean, there's so many reasons. Yeah, for it. I mean, I honestly, I honestly don't know. He just woke up one day, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like one of those things. Like, okay, but you know that I'm not vegan. I eat meat, but I mean, what really bothers me, and I grew up in South America for a long, long time, for years. And uh, I'm used to eating everything fresh, like nothing out of a box, right? And then you move to the States and I feel like food education here, it's not like it is around the rest of the world, like because there's so much so much um, uh, factory farming, which I don't agree with. I think it's it's so bad, so horrible. Uh, you know, I, I, my, my dad had a ranch in Venezuela where I grew up. Uh, you know, we had our, our home in the city and he had a ranch. So I've seen how animals are supposed to be raised ethically and how they're supposed to run around in acres and acres of land and have, you know, do their thing. Uh, and just when I see, especially this chicken farms, you know, here in the, in the States, like, you know, brands like Tyson and stuff like that, they just mass inject them with hormones and just to get them fat. And it's, it's just horrible. You know, I, I watched a documentary with uh, a Morgan Spurlock, um, the guy who did supersize me. He did one about chicken. Yeah, that was really eye-opening. I mean, I already knew it was bad. You already know it's bad. But when you see how the laws, you know, are favored to these huge corporations and it's all lobbying money, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's just gross. So, <laughs> you know. They're, they're huge. They yeah. put in, you know, they get paid off and it's, it's, it's pretty um, corrupt, to be honest. Every, yeah, it is. It is. It, it's sad. You know, um, like I know a couple of people. Go ahead. I'm sorry. These animals are packed in and they're finding a lot of viruses coming out now. Bird flu, swine flu. Yeah. And encroachment onto wildlife habitat. You know, they, they, they're they not sure, but they think that this coronavirus was brought from bats entering into a meat market. Um, One of the wet markets in, in China or somewhere, yeah. Which every country has. It just so happens that this, this one started in China. But then there was the Spanish flu, which actually started in the States many mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so it, it can happen anywhere. And uh, actually, if you if you bother to sort of Google some of the news and look at these viruses, they're popping up all the time. It's just that, thankfully, they haven't reached humans a lot of the time like this this particular one has. Um, but it, it is a bit of a worry, you know, if we keep on mass producing meat in this way, are yeah. we going to have more pandemics in the future? I mean, we all know how awful it's been everywhere, you know, people. Not only that, but it's just not right, and you know. Kind of like, is this the future we want or is there is there an alternative? And I think there is actually, I've noticed a lot more advertising for grass-fed uh, meat and milk 
which uh, is better in terms of pandemics. But then I notice uh, in Canada, when they have the grass-fed cattle, they use a lot of water. They have these huge irrigation plains that that sort of go over the land. And sometimes you'll see a whole area that looks like the desert and then this massive pasture with like 10 cows on it. And you kind of think, is that is that really a good use of water? Like, and and how much pasture do we need to feed everyone that wants to eat meat? So yeah. there's a lot of innovation, as I said, in like um, cell based meat. Uh, they call it clean meat. So they're growing. I was like gonna, I was gonna bring that up. Mm-hmm. And then lot a lot fewer, you know, much fewer resources and no no risk of pandemics. So. I mean, it's not something that we would eat because we don't enjoy the taste of meat anymore. I mean, I never really have. But um, for people that like meat, I think this is going to be... I would try it. I've, people are like, oh, my God, I want to try my... I'll, dude, I, if that tastes just like meat... and I mean, I, I'm in technology. So, of course, I, I, I follow technology and I know how far you can take it with stem cells and all that stuff. Uh, and, and moving forward, like, if you put that in front of me and it tastes just like meat... By all means, I'll eat that stuff all day long. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's just common sense to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the way we're going. I think um, we'd love to see a vegan world, but I think clean meat is definitely the way. Like you said, people enjoy meat, and yeah. if they people were most people are animal lovers, they don't really want to see animal cruelty. So if, if yeah. they know that's the older I get, the older I get. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man, but the older I get, the more conscious about it i guess i guess i i get about it like oh that's good you know the other day i was uh we were about to grill out or something and and i saw like the chicken being pulled out i'm looking at the chicken i'm like oh man that looks gross you know what I mean? it's like a dead animal right so i don't know if it's because i'm getting older i'm more conscious about it but you know it's i think i think any age people are getting more switched on to what's what's really on their plate and even like um I've heard that a lot of young people now don't drink as much as our generation used to. You know, we used to go and party all night and, yeah. you know, have competitions on who could skull the most beers when we were like 18, you know. But kids, that's why I love the hospitality business behind the bar. <laughs> Just like, because I love drinking. So, you know. I mean, thankfully, <laughs> the, the young people these days are more health conscious than we were growing yeah, up. So there true. is definitely a shift, the new generation emerging that are more conscious about health the environment and, you know, ethics, you know, there's human nothing wrong with that at all. I hope we keep moving forward. Um, another thing I was going to ask you, I didn't even know this, but I didn't know there was such a thing as organic, uh, sourdough. I just figure it's bread. So it's already organic. So, I mean, I might sound super dumb right now, but I really want to hear the explanation behind it. Like how, what makes it, uh, organic than a regular, so it's, it's, it's the same as sort of any other product, like you can choose organic sugar or, um, you know, just conventional sugar. So it just means when they're growing the, the grain, the flour, um, they don't use any sort of chemicals, um, fertilizers, you know, that aren't organic. So it has to be organic from when the wheat um, is. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grown. Um, that makes sense. Okay. Thing to it, basically. So all the flour that we use um, is 100% organic. The grains, a lot of them are whole grain. Um, and it's from a mill that's about 200 kilometers away from the bakery. Um, so in Canadian standards, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, that's like a hundred and something miles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a couple of hours drive. Um, so we buy, you know, half a ton to a ton every week or so of flour, and um, because it's sourdough, we don't use any baker's yeast, any commercial yeast. So it's flour, water, um, and salt. So we use salt from Vancouver Island, which again is is very close to us. It's part of BC. It's just off uh, the coast from Vancouver. Um, and yeah, we don't generally bread that you buy from the supermarket can contain anywhere from 25 to 35 ingredients. Um, that's includes like sugars, preservatives, emulsifiers. Um, oh, there's definitely time. preservatives. Like if you go to a place like, um, Publix is one of the biggest chains here in Florida and they have amazing bread and it's great. And the bakery, it's amazing. It's good. But I can grab a loaf of bread from Publix and let it sit on my counter for like literally a week and it doesn't get hard like i'm i'm sorry the bakery bread does i'm talking about the you know like the 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 sandwich bread or whatever like you can literally let it sit there for like a week i'm like where i'm from you buy bread and literally gets hard as a rock like a day or two later if it's real bread right yeah people don't realize that that's that's what we like even to the point where people customers come in they ask if we can slice the bread We've, we're quite a small bakery. We'd love to have a slicer, um, but it's quite a big piece of equipment. But another reason, not just because of the size or the cost of, of it, is we choose, we tell customers to slice as they go through the bread because if you keep it whole, then it keeps fresher for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like if you have a slice, I like thick cut. Some people like thin cut. Mm-hmm. So it gives the customer a bit of control of like, oh, I'm going to cut it really thin. I'm going to wrap it and freeze it. Or there's a bit of versatility there. So... Yeah, our bread is like what you said. Um, it generally lasts three to five days, um, fresh one or two, and then we generally toast it or heat it in the oven. Um, but, but it's interesting because a lot of the people that buy our bread are actually kind of um, their parents' age. They're around like the older kids. They're sort of 50s perhaps. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of the wonder bread generation. They grew up with the when bread was um, mass produced really, and it was really quickly produced. And so they grew up with like that, that sort of bread that stays fresh or soft for like over a week and very convenient for a family to buy. And when they try our bread, they say, 
oh my god i've never tried bread like this this is real bread. <laughs> this is real bread this is what it's really supposed to taste like and they're like it. yeah it's awesome and then the younger people um are often influenced by different fad diets that are, that are piped up in the media so there might be a lot of people you know i'm trying gluten free i'm trying the keto diet i'm trying this and that and they avoid bread you know people under 25 they think bread is bad and then they try our bread and they go actually um, I don't have that like sensitivity in my stomach, you know, mm-hmm. this thing that they've been trying to avoid by following all these different diets right. when they just eat like bread as it's supposed to be, which is flour, water, salt, mm-hmm. naturally fermented. So no, no yeast added, no baker's yeast, no chemicals. Um, it's, it's a revelation for them. And it's so nice when we have people that say, I didn't know I could eat bread until I had your bread. And we say, well, thank you very much. And we see them again week after week. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's how you hear those stories of people who go to, go to like Italy or, and they're like, oh my God, I ate like so much and I lost. I'm like, every time I leave the States, I lose weight and I eat just as much. It's just, it's real food. <laughs> I mean, that's the difference, you know, but let's get, uh, let's talk. We're getting like sidetracked here with all the bread and the, the vegan stuff, but let's talk about the bakery. So uh, how did it come together? You just woke up, let's do the bakery so how did how did that whole process get started uh between you two and yeah i mean like we we sort of briefly mentioned earlier that we sort of started making bread at the studio the yoga studio for friends and people there i spoke to the kitchen i was working at uh, as sous chef in whistler they don't open for lunch so i asked the head chef and the, the owner if they would be up for me renting the kitchen um, and store, you know, ordering flour in and using the ovens and everything like that. So basically, I would rent it for Wednesday and Thursday morning. It was all through Facebook. So it was real grassroots startup. All the equipment was already there in the kitchen that I needed. Um, I had to buy some tins and some, you know, paper bags and basic things. Um, would take orders through Facebook, all done on trust. And then the next, so I'd make the bread on the Wednesday and then on the Thursday. So sourdough is fermented overnight in the fridge. So it generally takes, you know, anywhere from 12 to 30 hours to make. And that's why it's healthier for you because it's fermented. Um, And then they would come in and they would pick it up in the Thursday morning. And then I would do my regular shift. So a Wednesday and Thursday, I was doing between 35 and 40 hours in two days. Oh, my God. Pretty full on. It's definitely hard work, but it was that we never even intended actually opening the bakery. It was just like, let's just make some bread. It's good to have extra money for holidays and things like that. And then gradually it grew and grew and grew. And people were talking about it like Fight Club, the movie. Like, I love that. <laughs> we're like hey, have you heard about bread? Bread? Like, no, what would happen is like the people would come and line up and buy the bread and then they'd bump into like their friend that they knew and they'd be like oh how do you know about bread how do you know about (laughs) (laughs) and then the local newspaper did an article a big full page spread and it was called the best bread you've never heard of that's awesome about this underground bread club um that ed was you know had orchestrated and we actually looked at the the bread book the other day Mm. and we found that the first 30 people are all still our customer now or they've like moved across the country or something and aren't able to get it but all the people that are still in town are still our customers today. And that was like four years ago. Yeah, That's- so it, just, it went from 30, <laughs> and I remember being worried if we were going to sell 30. Mm-hmm. And then after about a year, it was up to about 120, 130 loaves. Um, and then it just got to the point where we outgrew the equipment. I was 
running between in the in the restaurant there's two separate kitchens so i was running to and from doing eight loaves in one oven 10 loaves in the other trying to serve customers taking the order for next week and and the customers <laughs> demanded it it organically grew it so was when you can open a shop yeah they were like open a shop you need to open a bakery we we need to get this more than one day a week we need to you know we want to support you um we want baguettes we want this and and it got us thinking that we had a, a house in the UK that we were renting out while we were here. Our original plan was just to come to Canada for a year. Um, and and then we, we'd been here for about three years. We applied for our residency. So we're now residents in Canada. Hopefully soon we'll be citizens. And we thought, you know what, let's sell our house and let's put it all into the bakery because property here to buy a house, we couldn't afford that. Um, we d- we both were ready to move on from our jobs, our regular jobs. Tash was mm-hmm. happy to finish teaching and invest in a in a vegan business. Um, and there's no one else doing it. There's no one else. There's very few um, bakeries in the world focusing on sourdough uh, bread and that are vegan. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of vegan bakeries, but and you've got some really good bakeries in the states that we've been to, like Lodge Bread down in LA and Tartine. They have an LA spot, but they they started in San Francisco, and there's a whole bunch of other ones. But um, we went to California and did some research, which you know yeah. was really hard. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we've just went into these bakeries, and their bread was absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. You're good. Amazing. It was really amazing. <laughs> and um, we would stand there and say, "Oh, and uh, are any of these pastries vegan?" And there might be one thing that was vegan or nothing. And we thought, wow, this is so interesting. Like, So you saw the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We said, well, who's who's doing vegan bakery sourdough? Because you can get loads of vegan bakeries if you want like a vegan donut shop, vegan cupcakes, vegan pizza houses. They're everywhere. But a sourdough bakery that specializes in organic um, and That's vegan crazy. food. Yeah. Uh, we think we're the only one that's doing anything. Talk about talk about niching down. Like when I talk to uh, to people in here and uh, you know you know people that I consult with and stuff like that, I tell them it's like if you're going to open a store, you need to niche down. The ri- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Bitches are in the niches. So I tell them like, if you're going for pets, then niche down on dogs. And then if you really want to niche down, pick, pick a breed, right? Because people are super passionate about it. Obviously, vegan people are super passionate about, you know, being vegan. And then you took it to the next level with a bakery, which is that's what makes makes you guys so successful. And that's amazing. The other thing I want to talk about is like, obviously, I do social media and digital media advertising and stuff like that. So Facebook. So you actually use Facebook like you're supposed to use it. Like I yell at my clients all the time. Where's all your organic posts? Because they don't do it. <laughs> they rely on the ads. So what... You know, how did you start using Facebook? Obviously, it worked for you guys. So what were you doing on Facebook to bring all the engagement and to bring, you know, the orders and all that good stuff? Totally. I, th- I feel like Facebook worked for us when we started, like, four years ago. Um, like Tash said, a lot of our customers were in their 40s or 50s. Um, I feel like the younger generation now are definitely moving away from Facebook, and we've seen a mm-hmm. massive increase on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Instagram following is is... 40 times the size of our Facebook following. Um, I still use Facebook. I still post to that so the the locals here can see, you know, what the special breads are going to be this week. Yeah. So we definitely use it for new menu items or um, for just general messaging. Um, but when we started, it, it was much bigger. It was just a good way for them to send a quick message. Hey, Ed, can I pre-order two loaves? And I just, it was pretty old school, just had a book, transferred their, their name, how many loaves they wanted and they just paid cash when they picked up and then you have a lot of trust <laughs> that's a lot of trust it was a lot of trust yeah and, and for the year and a half that we did it that way uh i never it was a zero waste i think if there that's was anything, amazing I'd always, make, I'd always make like between two and five loads extra uh-huh. in case someone wanted extra and then if someone didn't turn up i'd just upsell to a customer oh you've got one loads so i've got spare would you like another one and they always, they always win. Or sometimes people would be walking past on the street and they would see people with fresh bread, they'd smell it, and they'd pop their head in and they'd say, can I get some bread? And Ed would be like, well, it's all been pre-ordered, but if, you take, if I take your name and number, you go on like a wait list and, mm-hmm. and you'd always end up selling it. <laughs> yeah, because people want what they can't have. So it's like, oh, I can't have it right now. Yeah, sign me up. So that's amazing. That's so cool. And yeah, I think well, it's, about, it's about working out where your people hang out. So, yeah, the we, the young people don't want to use Facebook as much because that's where their mum is <laughs> and sees all their posts. So yeah. they tend to go more on Instagram, which their mum is comfortable on Facebook and maybe hasn't started using yeah. Instagram. So, but so we appeal to slightly different groups of people yeah. depending on if we put something on Facebook or Instagram. And obviously, Instagram. tends to have for us tends to have a much more international following so we get more destination visitors that say things like like last night we had a message from someone from ireland and they said oh i've just moved to vancouver but i've been following you guys for ages and we're so excited to come up to whistler for the for a couple days and they're going to come in so we're reaching people in faraway places that will come to whistler for a ski vacation or a day trip and, and then they'll find the bakery that way. Isn't it amazing how technology can like help you grow your business so much? I tell people all the time, like you need to like post, you need to create content. Like ads are great and you, you know, we make you a lot of money with ads, but organic, it, it has to be part of it. I was just gonna tell you, you guys need to be on TikTok too. If you wanna reach the younger generation. Yeah, I tried it, right. but it's a bit, yeah. You get, <laughs> listen, listen, 
when I first started using it, my excuse was like, okay, this is for work. I need to learn how to use it. I need to, you know, I need to figure it out, right? I'm 40, so I'm not, well, now everybody's jumping on TikTok, but at the time it was when just, it was just literally kids. And uh, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, I cannot figure this out. And I remember sitting one day, it took me two hours to figure out how to do the whole uh, split screen effect with the green screen behind me. And I'm just like, I cannot believe I just spent two hours trying to figure this out. But once you figure it out, it's easy to use. It's like anything else. You get used to it and, and you start using it. But the organic reach is massive because not everyone has jumped yet. It's like Instagram used to be years and years and years ago. Like Facebook used to be when it first started. So if you really want to reach that young generation, and like you said, they're more conscious about, you know, being vegan and animal rights and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, you jump in there and you're constant about it, you'll definitely reach it. The trick to it is that you have to see what's trending, which is easy. You just go to the main Explorer page and you see the songs that are trending and stuff like that and just try to do something. I mean, you're baking all day long, so all you have to just take a couple of screens of uh, short burst clips of you baking you know, and just make it kind of entertaining, add some music to it and throw it up, you know? Um, don't overthink it, but I, I would suggest you, you take advantage of it. Content is going to become so much more important in about a year's time because none of the film production crews are able to make any programs or movies right now. So, because you can't have 40 or 50 people in a confined space, right? Everyone's in distancing mode. Right. So in about a year's time, Netflix would have run out of all the shows that they can possibly buy from other countries and there's going to be a drought of content. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Like, everything's going to get repeated from like 1990. Like we're going to be watching <laughs> back to the and then we're going to be over it. And people are going to be looking for new content, new entertainment yeah. in, in other ways. So you're totally right. Like yeah, social media is just going to get bigger and bigger. Start oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... Like you're doing and, and then you're going to see, I reckon you're going to see such an increase in. I can run, I can run ads on Hulu now, you know, before it was like the social media, but now I have access to Hulu and you know, all those, I mean, it's crazy. You know what I mean? When did you think you were able to run a commercial for your, for your small business on TV? You know, you would have to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just to get it on the air and not even get me started on the production crew to film the whole thing. And you know, and then if you're doing something like the Super Bowl, that's millions of dollars. So you guys are online, obviously, and you're taking orders from all over the place. So when did when did that pivot happen when you guys started taking orders online? You built the website and all that good stuff. Um, well, we built the website um, before we opened the shop to the public. It was sort of ready to go just with um, some basics like who we were and where the shop was, the hours and the in-store menu. Mm -hmm. And we were running just an in-store like normal bakery shop for um, over a year. Actually, no, a year. A week before our first birthday, it was March the 14th. It was a Saturday. And all the skiers were coming in the shop and saying, Whistler Blackcomb's closing the mountain. That's a Vail Resorts um, mountain. Uh, vale are closing everything. And we said, oh, are they? And they said, are you going to close down as well? And we said, no, no, not unless the health inspector shuts us down. Right. And then we went home and we, we read the news and we thought about it and we thought, oh, my God, like this corona stuff is really bad. We, we're we going to have to close the shop tomorrow because we'd made all the product. It was fermenting in the fridge overnight. So March the 15th, it was Ed's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. 
It was his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you get coronavirus, shutting yeah. the shop down. So it was his birthday. It was um, a week before the shop's birthday. We were, had a big birthday party planned with all of our staff. And we closed down at the end of the day. We sold out of everything really early because um, there was a Starbucks opposite that had closed because that belonged to the mountain and they'd shut down all their operations. So it was crazy busy. So we actually didn't go celebrate Ed's birthday as planned. We stayed in the shop with our staff and we helped get through the massive crowds. And I remember being quite worried, like are we all about to get the virus because we've got all these people in the store? We laid off all the staff. Most of them went back to their countries because they're um, oh, here on a, on a work visa. Um, and with the next day, we had a meeting and we um, upgraded our website to have an online store. And we started taking orders for that, that Saturday. So within 24 hours, we'd um, gone to online. But we, managed to, we, we just decided that we'd have to do it in a safe way. Obviously, we couldn't do it how we used to do it on trust. So people were able to pay through the website. Sure, yeah. Um, we, we added uh, some deli items like hummus, like chickpea hummus and marinated olives. And we sold a huge amount of um, flour because everyone, the world got into baking again. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> Everybody was talking about baking. It was huge. Um, so that was awesome. And we just basically, Tash and I just ran it. I was able to obviously do all the baking. And Tash ran the orders. We had a table set up at the front of the shop so no one could come in. And luckily, we had help from others to set up a scheduling system. People could book a five-minute window. So that was a crazy story. So I was like on the website, and I was getting orders come in, and I had to schedule appointments for people to pick. Hold on, hold on. Be before we go into this, before we go into this, how were you getting traffic to the website? We put it on social media mm -hmm. and you were just getting it from organic traffic you weren't running ads or anything like that no ads no we just wow okay the last day, our customers like literally looked so upset and they said are we still gonna be able to get bread <laughs> and i said i said yep yep you're gonna be able to get bread we're gonna make it happen yeah. stay tuned on social we'll, we'll figure something out and they were just like okay so they were like ready to, for our Instagram and Facebook posts. So you have like a hardcore following. Like you have your hardcore customers that buy all the time. So it was such a small, I mean, you guys were ahead of the curve. I can't tell you, one, when the, when the pandemic hit and. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The news were that we were going to shut down. Uh, I, my inbox just went crazy with clients like, stop budgets we don't know what's gonna happen we're laying off people i'm like ah i'm like in one end i'm like you guys are all under contract but at the same time i understand like i don't know what to do i'm like you know i you know i'm in the same i don't know what's gonna happen either so i was like listen let's pause budgets and let's have a meeting about this and uh i the big clients you know they're okay because i have big budgets and stuff like that and most of their stuff is online so i told them i'm like listen whatever move we make here right now it's what's going to decide if your business is successful in the, in the next three months. So we really got to think about this. Everybody's going to be locked up at home. Everybody's going to get money. So let's see what happens for the first week. And if people are keep, keep buying, we just up the budgets again. And then like traffic was like Christmas all over again for the, those first three months because people thought it was going to be over, you know, soon or whatever. Uh, but I had meetings for small businesses like yours, local businesses that I, I wanted to help because, you know, most of them don't know how to pivot online. They weren't looking online. And even though we talk about this daily, it's like, you need to be online. You need to be online. You know, most people just don't do it, whether it's because they're too lazy to do it or they're older and they don't want to do it. You know what I mean? So, uh, I had to educate them. You know, I did it as a pro bono. It's like, listen, you have to build this and this is how you get traffic. And it was like a whole education to them. So uh, that's really amazing that you guys just pivot right away and you're just like, let's just go online right away and set up the store, you know, because most people didn't do that. Yeah. I mean, we were so lucky because Squarespace has a very user-friendly platform, Right. but at the same point, you can go down a rabbit hole of looking at applications and add-ons. And I remember trying to figure out the scheduling and I wanted people to be able to pick up every five minutes. And the website would only allow like a 15-minute appointment. And I ended up on the phone to somebody in Silicon Valley telling them about my problem. And I showed my screen and he's looking at my website. And then he could see the customer orders. And he's like a big tech guy that deals with like very high-paying clients, big companies. And then he sees our little bakery getting orders of bread. And he had <laughs> awesome. And bless him, he said you know, I'm just going to help. I was saying, how much are you going to charge me for writing code so I can get these five minute appointments integrated in the website? And he went, oh, I'm not going to charge you. I, I, I can see what you're trying to do. And he went, <laughs> I normally get paid like in excess of $300 an hour. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. And he said, I'm just going to help you for free. And I was like, oh, wow, my guardian angel. And this guy wrote code. He changed the website for me so I could, it was the way I wanted it to be. Um, and, and thank God for people like that who, who just take like, and people like yourself who are just like, we need to help the small business owners because when you're a small business owner, you're doing everything. You're doing the hiring, the firing, the marketing, the finance, the day-to-day grinds, the customer service, you know, all of it. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I did it because you now you need to put everything online and you need to be doing this. And you're just like, I don't I haven't got 25 hours in the day. Like, right. how do that? So well, it's awesome when people just... <laughs> Everybody wanted, everybody wanted to help everybody when it hit, and we still do, you know. And, and one of the things that why I did it, it wasn't just because I wanted to help, but I remember when I got started and I had to do everything and when I didn't know things. And, you know, I, so I get it. And I, I get the stress that goes with that, especially the unknown, luckily, 
my unknown only lasted literally like a couple of days and then traffic went through the roof and I was like, oh my God, this is like, I hate to say it, but it's the best thing that has ever happened to my business, you know, because everybody's online. Nobody, no one could go anywhere else. So the only thing they could do is either watch TV or be in social media. And most people were just in social media all day long. And, you know, so it's like, I can't sit here and be like, you know, doing fantastic. And I see all these little businesses in my community that are going out or they can't open like res restaurants, bars, you know, the little dry cleaner store down the road, you know. Uh, so that's why I felt responsible. Like I should help as much as I could, you know? So, but, uh, I like that you guys did that and you guys did the right thing. And, and, and you have the, the following, the hardcore following. What's the, what's the plan for the bakery? What's the next, what are you guys going to expand and open a million stores? Or are you going to keep it local? What's the plan or take it online even farther? <laughs> yeah, we would love to, we would love to open more, more yeah. bakeries. I think it would be very slowly. I think we just need to. At the moment, it's we, we kind of don't want to rush. We're only open three days a week at the moment. We're moving to four next week, then to five. Um, we'll probably keep at five once we get up to that sort of uh, Mondays, Tuesdays is quite slow where we are anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very hard to find the skilled workers that we need um, to be open that. for that. Um, but we'd love to to open a store in, in Vancouver. We have a lot of customers coming up from vancouver and it's obviously a huge city mm -hmm. um so there's definitely like space for us to to get a shop down there bakery down there um and then we'll see I, I think um we'd love to you know potentially write a cookbook um a sourdough sort of plant-based vegan cookbook or an ebook um maybe do some sort of online courses as well i feel like that could be a good way to go mm -hmm. so i feel like it's not necessarily bricks and mortar like opening lots and lots of shops but just sort of looking at different avenues that we can go down um, to bring, you know, finances into the um, business account, but also uh, increase the reach around the world. Uh, one way you could do that is um, you can start building an email list. So you can run, like give away a PDF and how to make the bread and people opt in, they give you their email address and you start growing your list and then you email them and you make an offer and people will put in orders. I tell people all the time, man, the list, the money's on the list. That is your asset. If Facebook goes down, Instagram goes down, TikTok, you get everything, your website, everything gets taken away and you have that email list. All you have to do is just send an email and there's a million email platforms out there. You know what I mean? You're not going to run out of email platforms. And you, you send that email and you make an offer and you can make tons of money. Like, you know, uh, so that's what, that's what I would recommend you do uh, to start you know, building a, a bigger base. And then the, the other little hack, obviously a course, you can sell a course online. Uh, people will buy that in a heartbeat. Um, and then the other a little trick that uh, that I gave uh, some one of my friends who uh, did a brick and mortar is when you're planning your second location, you know, obviously you want to make sure there's a lot of traffic around it, right? So there's like walk-in traffic. So what I told him was like, pick the locations that you're looking at, that you're trying to decide in between, and then go to Google Maps and pull up traffic during rush hour and see how the traffic is. If the traffic is high, then that one's on the list. If it's not, move it out the list. So that's a little a, a little tip right there for you guys when you open the second one. Yeah, do that. So anyway, guys, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? So obviously, bread. Uh, so I'm gonna put all the links in the description, but let's talk about all the profiles to make sure we cover all of them if they wanna order as well. Sure. So our website is edspread.com. 
that's edsbred.com, edsbread.com. And um, for your listeners, Christian, if there's anyone listening that's able to come up to Whistler and wants to try our bread, they're welcome to order online to guarantee their order. Sometimes people come up from the States and they arrive a bit later in the day. And so to avoid disappointment, um, we would recommend that you pre-order online and we will offer a discount code for your listeners. Um, Pixel Feed will be the code, P-I-X-L-F-E-E-D, and that will get them 15% off their first order. That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. Guys, you get a discount when you order. I'm going to have to order some myself. There you go. <laughs> totally. you, can't, you can't ship the baked item. You might but... not make it through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because you're in Canada. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the Instagram, if anyone wants to, you know, look at some delicious baked items or send us a, a message, you know, if they've got a query about baking or something like mm-hmm. that, I'm always active and try and answer all the questions. So it's Ed's. EDS underscore bread, B-R-E-D. Um, so Instagram's a good one. And then also Facebook, which is bread dash organic sourdough. Cool. All right, guys, check it out. Um, you know, pull up the links in the description. Go check it out. Support small businesses. And uh, again, guys, thank you so much for coming on. And for the rest of you till the next episode. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. Thank you so much. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.